0: Praise the Lord.
1: Dr. Hanson, how are you doing tonight, my brother? Good, Shannon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Well, everybody, we're excited to be here once again and be able to participate
0: in a simulcast worldwide with World Ministries International and Dr. Jonathan Hanson. Welcome wherever you're tuning in from. Dr. Hanson, would you like to open us in prayer? The mic is yours.
1: Thank you. Father God, we come to you right now in, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that we do. All of our life serving. We serve you, Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, for what you've accomplished to give us all eternal life, freedom and victory. So, Father God, we just pray now that you bless this time we have right now. Bless it. As uh, we're going to be discussing a a heavy subject and, and one that's a little complicated for some people. They don't seem to understand their authority and where they don't have authority. So help us, dear God, in these areas so the church can be more effective in using their weapons uh, to bring freedom and deliverance, salvation uh, to themselves, their family, and the nation, and nations. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this is a live audience. Our, our staff uh, is here. This is a night that we come together to pray, and uh, and after we prayed, now we are on this omegamanradio.com program. Again, Shannon Davis, a good friend, and um, we just bless him for all of his endeavors to serve Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to talk on binding and loosing. I, I just I wrote a three-part series. We're not going to have time at all to cover uh, what I wrote, as it's uh, about 12 pages, but uh, it's an important subject. Now, binding and loosing is a promise of God given to the church based upon the understanding of when a believer has the jurisdiction to exercise this judicial action given to them by our Lord Jesus Christ. A Christian must know his limitations, which God has placed upon his ambassadors in representing him. There is much confusion in this area, that people try to bind the power of Satan and his demonic entities that are affecting the nations. This will and can never be done because the individual believer does not have the authority nor the jurisdiction to stop their attacks and effects on mankind in their nations. God gave Satan the jurisdiction and permission To be the prince of this earth along with his demons operating accordingly and man cannot go against the boundaries already established by God. The purpose of God through his church is to reveal his glory over all the earth. That's found in Psalm 72, 19. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We could read it. it, says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. That word dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, and male and female created he them. God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. So here we have a couple words. We have subdue, we have dominion. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we've touched on the word dominion. We've touched on the word subdue. In Genesis again, 126 through 28, those words speak to us. Now, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Luke 19, 13, and Matthew five thirteen. God tells Christians to take dominion, subdue, be salt, occupy, and make disciples of the inhabitants of the earth. Adam failed to subdue, cast Satan out of the garden, Eve was deceived. see Adam failed. We're talking about binding and loosing. Do you fail to cast Satan out of your home I'm talking about uh, his influence or if you have demonic attack do you know how to take authority? Do you know how to cast out demons? Do you know how to protect your home? Or do you fail like Adam did? Now, Satan is called the prince of this world, and we're going to get back to studying this academically. That's how I wrote these papers. But if mankind does not take dominion, occupy, subdue, make disciples, then there's nothing you and I can do to stop his attacks on our family, on our nation. And we're going to continue to see nothing but deterioration, failure, disease, and death, as well as nations coming under tyranny. There are certain things we can do. There are certain things we cannot do. Satan is the prince of this world. No amount of prayer is going to stop that. He's here by the authority of Jesus Christ to do what he wants to do in the areas of tempting you, attacking you. Do you succumb to those temptations and attacks? He's defeated, but if you listen to him, if you listen to his lies, do you succumb to them? You're not going to cast him out of America when America first would have to repent at a national level. But if they give him authority, if they listen to him, he'll continue to have his evil ways. And you can pray and pray and pray and pray when you should be praying for yourself that you lead a revival for repentance so he has no more influence. I hope you're catching what I'm saying. If you don't understand your role in prayer, your role in making disciples, your role in confronting evil, you are wasting your time. Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to do your job. The Bible tells us that Christians are God's ambassadors. It clearly explains and defines our responsibilities and authority. If we do not convert and make disciples of evil men or put the righteous in power in our nations, then the righteous are persecuted, and you can pray all you want. Christians have authority to represent Christ, heal the sick, cast out demons, etc., But we need to be in a right relationship with Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost. Not every Christian can see the sick healed. Not every Christian can cast out demons. In fact, demons aren't even bothered by most Christians. They don't have enough anointing to stir them up. Not yet cast them out. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Luke 24, 46 through 53 and Acts 1, 1 through 8. Yes, we are supposed to resist Satan's temptations and attacks, and he will flee from us if we are in right relationship with God and not living in sin. See, I have authority and jurisdiction over my home, but I don't over this nation. Why? Because evil men are not repenting, and Satan is tempting them, and they're listening. You know, it's pretty elementary. If you think you just pray and save the nation, you don't understand scripture. You do not understand the scripture. Consequently, if you don't know how to use your weapons, you're going to be yourself destroyed and a victim. Go to war and don't know how to use your weapons, you're a victim. And Christians are becoming victims because they don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand their authority, their jurisdiction. They don't understand the word of God because they're so selfish. No matter what job you have, if you understand your job, but you don't understand the word of God, that means your job or your hobby is more important than your God. To you. Mentally, you say no, but in reality, it's yes. Yes, we're supposed to resist Satan's temptations and attacks. And he will flee from us if we're in right relationship with God and not living in sin. The spirit-filled believer can cast out demons from those affected if they keep the door and windows shut so they're not repossessed with stronger, worse demons. There's people as I've cast out demons before and they continue to go into sin and I refuse to cast out demons because every time they get worse. If they're not going to keep the doors shut, in other words, if they're going to continue to go back to the same sin, I'm not going to cast demons out of them. I've got to know they, they've truly repented. The person usually needs to be needs to desire the exorcism or deliverance and determine they will now live with Jesus as Lord and Savior without engaging in sin before I will cast demons out of them. Consequently, they are now to keep the doors closed so the demons cannot come back with reinforcements to torment the person even worse. Luke 11, 24-26 and Matthew 12, 45. Again, Luke 11, 24-46. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest, finding none. He saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. When he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he goes and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than he himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Matthew 12, 45, he goeth and take with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also under this wicked generation. Men can resist and rule over evil men and have limited authority over demons that the Lord has established. Limited authority. Again, Where I go and preach, people accept Christ. Then we can pray for them to be healed. We can pray for them to be delivered from demons. We can pray for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But again, if you want to try to break the power of Satan off this nation, the nation then has to repent, just like the individual would have to repent in your meetings. And you can pray all you want and you're not going to bind Satan out of America unless you have a national repentance. Then he has no influence. You know, it's not hard to understand yet people think all they have to do is pray and save a nation. That's not so. You got to preach. They got to repent to save a nation. And you you bathe everything in prayer that you have the power and authority to speak the truth. You have power and authority to cast out demons. You have power and authority to heal the sick. You have power and authority to speak the truth, even if you could be arrested or killed for it. You pray for yourself that you overcome your own limitations, your fears, your anxieties, and you walk in faith instead of in pride. Because pride will have self-preservation and you'll compromise. You pray people will repent when you preach, but they have to repent if you're going to break the power of Satan over them. There's people right now, even loved ones, I would love to break the power of Satan over them, but I can't do it. Unless they're willing finally to repent. Because as I, you try to drive out Satan, they're opening the door and Satan is coming back with worse demons. Again, man can resist and rule over evil men and have limited authority over demons that the Lord has established. Angels can conquer and defeat demons in their regions and territories upon the Lord's directions. The Lord's directions. God fights Satan at the Battle of Armageddon God will cast him into the bottomless pit, Revelation 23. After a thousand years, God will cast Satan and his demons into the lake of fire, Revelation twenty-ten. Now, Revelation 23, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. Okay, again, after the thousand years, Revelation 2010, and the devil that deceives them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. Now that will be a great day. From 2014 to 2019, I spoke at the World Holy Spirit Ministry International Conference in South Korea. Now we're going to look at a few examples of, of what I've been sharing. The church in South Korea is known for prayer. Prayer Mountain is famous worldwide. I believe in prayer. It's absolutely essential for our relationship with God and our daily victories. I love Prayer Mountain myself. I go there I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy prayer mountain, time with God in prayer. I need it. But that's where God gives me power and authority, as well as in my bedroom. But as I go to prayer mountain, and if I isolate myself in my little cubicle, I have received different languages from the Lord that I haven't received before. You know, the Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. You know, you can have more than one prayer language. So I believe in prayer to be constantly filled, to constantly be filled. Most people are not filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about really surrendering surrendering all. Consummated God taking over you. People belittle the Holy Spirit. They make excuses. And if they say they speak in tongues, they don't take it very precious or seriously. When all of the heroes in the Bible and all of the contemporary heroes of our faith, whether it's D.L. Moody, Catherine Coleman, uh, you go into all of them who've treasured and valued the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that prayed and fasted for days or weeks or months before they got it. And here, if we don't get it in 10 minutes, well, too bad, let me go and play games. You say, oh, I, 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 Well, you don't have it because it's not serious enough for you. I see the movers and shakers, they would spend weeks and months Just like Jesus said, go tarry. Go tarry until you get it. Another 40, 50 days before you try to do anything. Not 40, 50 minutes. But no, everything else is more important to you. You can rattle off a lot of facts, but you can't move in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about really moving in the true gifts of the Holy Spirit with real heavenly languages. I've watched people say, just move your mouth and do this and all of this kind of stuff. But yet the evidence of power and authority in their life is not there. It's not there. They don't move in power and authority. So what baptism do they get? I think there's a lot of fake today going on. The church in South Korea is known for prayer. Prayer Mountain is famous worldwide. I believe in prayer. It is absolutely essential for our relationship with God and our daily victories. But most important is that we don't take it out of context. Most Christians take prayer way out of context and pray that God will do their job on earth to save the nations. You pray that God will do your job. Oh, go speak to my neighbor. Well, you speak to your neighbor. God, God, speak to my, my son. Will you speak to your son. God saved my nation. Well, you save your nation. He gave you that responsibility. As he has said it, go make disciples. Go heal the sick. Go cast out demons. He ain't going to save your nation. No matter how much you pray. I hope I'm getting the point across. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I am trying to get the point across. That you are praying for things that he will never do. He's not going to do your job. He is not going to do your job, ladies and gentlemen. He's not coming out of heaven once again to do what he gave you the commission to do. The great commission to go and make disciples. He's not going to do it for you. He's not going to heal the sick for you. You're going to lay hands on the sick and pray for them. But you're supposed to tarry first for him to be walking in you, truly walking in you. Where you are so hungry for God, whether it takes you two months alone with God, you're going to finally be baptized in the true Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Whether it takes you two months alone with God. Not two minutes before you want to go to your baseball game or bowling, or whatever you do. If you truly value and want to be filled, you will be filled. If you're really hungry and thirst, if it's more important than life itself. You read some of these contemporary movers and shakers that created all of these different movements now that are basically backslidden. But they hungered and thirsted for righteousness. They said, I can't even eat without being baptized. Some of them prayed for months. Yeah, they got truly baptized. The fruit shows it. The authority in their life, the anointing. But I don't see that around with most people that say they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, they don't don't even act like they're in love with God. Most Christians take prayer out of context and pray that God will do their job on earth to save the nations. As I explained above, Jesus already gave man that commission when he ascended to heaven. Jesus commanded the disciples to rule, reign, occupy, take dominion, bring peace and prosperity to the nations. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it. You have that responsibility. Let's say you're President Trump, even though Biden's in, you don't want to work for Biden. So let's say you're President Trump, and you've sent an ambassador Uh, to, to India. Well, that ambassador is going to represent Trump. Trump ain't going to India. You are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. You're going to go to the nations. You're going to represent him or it's not going to get done. Is that pretty simple to understand? We're supposed to go and save the nations, you and I. God in you and I. That's the baptism the third person of the Trinity in you flows through you if you surrender all and he's all to you. You really are hunger and thirst after right. You can't live without him. Those kind of people are truly baptized. Nothing is important. They'll quit their jobs and tarry till they get it. I've read where some of them have quit their jobs. God is more important and they're going to be baptized or they're not leaving the place if it takes two months. Well, if you're that serious, I promise you, you'll be baptized. But if you want to give him 20 minutes, uh, you probably never will be baptized because you don't love God enough. You know, I remember growing up, people tarried around the altar for hours. For hours. And we would call praying them through. Whether you did it that night or five nights in a row, you prayed them through. Now they got some gimmick, stand up, move your mouth a little bit and uh, say a few little syllables and flutter them around a little bit and you're baptized. Well, rubbish you are. You're not full of God. You're still full of yourself and full of Satan. Half of you are in the bar the next night. What is this nonsense cheating the church today? And you don't take the baptism seriously. Jesus commanded the disciples to rule, reign, occupy, take dominion, and bring peace and prosperity to the nations. They were to tarry first in order to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so his power and authority, which they possess, would accomplish this assignment. When the righteous rule, the people prosper. When the evil rule, the innocent are abused and persecuted. Jesus did not give that jurisdiction and authority to men on earth. Or I should say, Jesus did give that jurisdiction and authority to men on earth. He gave us that authority. He gave us that responsibility to be his ambassador. That is our responsibility. But if we fail, the evil men rule. They have jurisdiction. Right now, evil men are ruling in most places. Consequently, these type of prayers are useless and a waste of time. God save the nation. God save the nation. God save the nation. God save Washington State. Well, it's not going to be done with just that prayer. Time that should be used to focus on their responsibilities given by God to preserve and save their nation by being his ambassadors. God use me to bring salvation and repentance to this nation. God used me to preach the gospel. God used me to witness. God used me to confront sin. God used me to expose evil. God used me to get the guilty arrested. But just God save this nation ain't going to work. Again, he's not coming back here to do your job. He's given you that responsibility, and he's given you that power if you've really received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is with you. You have that authority. Now, if you don't think you have any authority, I question if you're baptized with the gifts of speaking in tongues. If you don't have that that authority and that power and that zeal and that boldness, you better evaluate what kind of baptism you got. The baptism of blabber? What kind of baptism do you got? Where's the power? Where's the authority? Where's the anointing? Where's the influence? Where's the boldness? See, it's supposed to be a continual thing, isn't it? You're supposed to be constantly filled with rivers of living water. That's why you're supposed to be spending time with God. I can tell you where I am at a certain time if you want to meet me. Not hard to find me. You can find me every morning about 4 o'clock. If you spend enough time with God, you are bold like a lion. But if you don't spend enough time with God, more with your pillow, you're bold like a chihuahua. Can't scare nothing. Can't do nothing. Crawl back in bed. When the righteous rule, the people prosper. But when evil men rule, the innocent are abused and persecuted. My messages each year in South Korea were very strong on doing their role in the preservation of South Korea. Not on wasted time focused on praying and binding in error. I warned them unless they understood and spent their time in prayer preaching and teaching correctly, they would come under tyranny and become slaves in their own nation, and that is exactly what's going on right now. Millions of people praying in error over the years. God wasn't going to do your job. They should have been praying for themselves that they become bold as lions and go and save their nation and change their nation and put it under Jesus Christ. They had the responsibility. In 2020, a planned pandemic was unleashed on the world. And sinister evil forces are using this supposed pandemic as an excuse to take control over the people, especially Christians in South Korea. Now, if those millions and millions of people have been praying for all of those years you'd have had the righteous leaders in South Korea and they wouldn't be affected by what's going on. If you had that same amount of energy into understanding your role and responsibility and your jurisdiction, you'd be ruling Korea. But you just prayed that God would do it for you. He ain't going to do it. Another example was in Kenya, East Africa. February 24, 1996 where many national leaders in the clergy did not understand the proper usage of prayer. They did not understand the scriptures properly, and instead of preaching on sin, calling for repentance, in Hururu Park, a venue that holds 200,000 people, and also had television coverage allowing millions of people to watch, they spent the day mining and loosing the demonic entities ruling Kenya, which they neither have jurisdiction or authority to do. There's got to be repentance before you have any power. So you can bind and loose all you want. I can bind and loose. Biden in the White House and it doesn't help anything. Obviously, they accomplished nothing but a waste of valuable time that could have been used for calling for repentance and urging the people in tents to pray for themselves in order to resist Satan and his demons personally so they can now truly spend their time making disciples and rebuking sin in Kenya. You should be calling on them to accept Jesus, repent of their sins, be filled with the Holy Spirit, so they can resist Satan's temptations in their lives. And if you get the nation to do that, Satan has no control over that nation anymore. It's pretty simple to understand. They thought they were defeating the consequences of sin. That was destroying Kenya, but the simplicity of the scriptures is men gave these demonic powers authority by their continual sin, and only national repentance will cause the demons to lose their power and authority in Kenya or any nation. Did you catch that? I'll say it again. They thought they were defeating the consequences of sin by binding and loosing. You're not going to bind and loose and reject the consequences of sin. Only in your own life if you repent. They thought they were defeating the consequences of sin that was destroying Kenya. But the simplicity of the scripture says men gave these demonic powers authority. Men did in Kenya by their continual sin. And only national repentance will cause the demons to lose their power and authority in Kenya or any nation. See, you have limited authority over yourself, over people that listen to you, over your family, but not over those that don't. I would like to do a lot of things to people I love, but I don't have any more authority if they're not in my home anymore and they're in a backslidden situation. Once again, these Christian leaders misunderstood the limits of their authority and jurisdiction in prayer. I'm going to read you what I wrote. Church leaders and believers in Kenya. I'm going to read you again the occurrence and what I said and did. Today in Kenya, everyone knows in their heart this nation is in trouble. Everyone knows something must be done to stop the lying, cheating, stealing, drunkenness, hatred, violence, and murder that is tearing this country apart. Pastors and priests know in their heart this country cannot continue with its people filled with sin without coming under the judgment of Almighty God. It is time today to quit the hypocrisy in the church the Christian community, the religious community, the political community, and repent before God through Jesus Christ, who God manifested himself through on earth, and who will judge every one of us for our eternal destiny. Because of the seriousness of the time we live in, if there is not a true repentance from the heart a change of heart resulting in a change in society if people who do not turn to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we all know that the fruits of our unrighteousness and rebellion against the only God, Jesus Christ our Lord, will result in terrible consequences for all of us. Pastor and priests are making a symbolic gesture of unity and repentance but unless they themselves repent of their own sins with a determination not to follow their selfishness, but from now on to deny themselves and follow the will of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, then none of these outward actions will accomplish anything. You can't repent for me. You say, I'm repenting for the nation. It doesn't work that way. You don't represent the nation, do you? I can get up all I want and say, I repent for America. It doesn't work that way. America will still come under the judgment of God unless America repents. I don't represent America. The president could start from the president down to the beggar. But you can't repent for America. You can pray for America. You can pray that you have the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel and lead a repentance in America, lead a revival, do what you can to witness, do what you can to put good people into office. In other words, you have to be an ambassador. And if there's enough ambassadors, we can turn the nation around. But your prayer alone is not going to save America. And if you think it is, you're misusing your time. Again, pastor and priest are making a symbolic gesture of unity and repentance. But unless they themselves repent of their own sins with a determination not to follow their selfishness, but from now on to deny themselves and follow the will of Jesus, then none of these outward actions will accomplish anything. It will be another hypocritical performance, bringing on the wrath of a holy God which despises lies and deception. Now, I wrote this to all of the leaders. Why? Because I was greatly troubled at the end of that meeting. I laid on my face in shame, and I was there in front of that huge crowd on the platform. And, and the leaders got upset with me. Uh, Prophet Hansen, everybody knows you. We're celebrating, I said. Why aren't you celebrating? And I said, you've accomplished nothing. You think you have victory? Tomorrow the nation will be worse. All day, you bound and loosed, but there was no repentance, no preaching of repentance. Satan has all the authority he ever had. You've accomplished nothing, and I'm ashamed of what you did here. Thinking people can just ask God to do their job, and we're going to save Kenya. It's not going to happen. And Kenya has daily got worse. You are witnessing in Kenya today many prayers against the spiritual powers of darkness and the evil spirits that have made pledges to. Leaders here today are trying to break the powers of the evil one that influences people. If the ones praying are holy and right relationship with Jesus, not a rebel, who knowingly disobeys the teachings of our Lord and Savior, then the prayers offered to God through the lips of a true servant, not a religious hypocrite, in the garments of Christianity will have power to resist to resist principalities and powers of darkness resist not conquer i have limited authority i can resist them attacking my home i can resist them walking through my home i can resist them tormenting me and dwelling in me i can resist them with my children in my home but again when i Deal with people outside of my jurisdiction who have their own free will. If they do not come under God's authority, I have no authority over them. But to preach so they repent, so now I can help them. We must understand our primary responsibility in each and every aspect of a person's life if you're going to help them. If they repent, pray for healing. If they repent, Cast out demons. If they don't repent, I wouldn't try to cast out demons in them. Not unless there is a situation where the person is beyond comprehension and you're going to cast break that demonic stronghold to give them a chance now to repent and follow God. But other than that, if a person is just influenced by spirits and they have spirits in them and they're certainly still very capable of making their own decisions uh, and if they, they don't want to follow Jesus, you're wasting your time casting any spirits out of them because they're going to come right back in because the person is submitted to Satan and evil spirits and immorality. He's submitted there. And Satan and evil spirits have jurisdiction and authority in that situation prayer alone against these evil spirits will not stop their influence people here symbolically representing another tribe and repenting of the sins they have committed against each other will not stop the judgment of a holy God yes leaders here today are trying to make a spiritual declaration of repentance But the only victory resulting in the blessings of God being poured out upon this nation is if the people themselves truly repent and turn to Jesus Christ. This repentance, if sincere, will result in real faith, which is not just a desire to follow God, but a wish to follow God with a determination to quit rebelling against the teachings of Christ and intentionally sinning and truly being born again. Realizing that you are wrong is not repentance. See, it's not repentance just because you know you're wrong. Being sorry alone for disobeying God is not repentance. Desiring to follow Christ is not Christianity. Going to church is not serving God. Hell will be full of demons, people, and church leaders who went to church, felt guilty over their sins, desired to follow Jesus Christ, and quit sinning, but yet had a stronger desire to continue to rebel and keep lying, cheating, stealing, committing adultery, and fornication. Regretting that one is a sinner is not repentance. True repentance involves true faith. Not faith in yourself your church, or your nation, but faith in Jesus Christ and in the teachings of Christ, which results in the change of heart and fruits of righteousness. If you're born again, I'll see your fruit. It's just like if you're truly baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll see it. I'll see your authority, your anointing, your power. And if you don't have anything, I'll question if you're baptized. Or maybe you were 30 years ago, but that doesn't help you today. You're a swamp. You're supposed to be continually filled with rivers of living water daily. You're supposed to have zeal. It's supposed to be red hot. John G. Lake wanted so much of God. He was filled with so much of God the third person of the Trinity, that he wasn't afraid of germs. And he had a doctor test it. And when they put the germs on him, the germs died. And on a normal person, they infected. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's proof. I can see that, man, you're not just some laid-back mental case think you know something about God, you don't have any authority, you're not really filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, other than salvation. But you're not baptized with a third person, God living in you, leading you, guiding you, and dwelling you, encompassing all of you, where he is everything to you. I surrender all. Those people see what they see in the Bible. Miracles the supernatural. There's anointing. Demons know who you are. And they tremble. True repentance involves true faith, not faith in yourself. When a person truly repents and truly has faith, then that person has truly accepted Jesus into their heart. Righteousness is doing the will of God. Where unselfishness is unrighteousness in disobeying God and doing our own desires and will. I read some of these contemporary heroes of the faith. And some of them, they lost their spouses because they were too radical for their spouses. They had a choice, either mellow down a little bit, don't serve God as diligently, or I'm leaving you. Fortunately, they chose the right course. I've had different people listen to their spouse and, and coming to me, Pastor, I know this is what God wants, but this is what my wife said, and if I, if I don't, she'll leave me. I said, why, why don't you just say, honey, I love you with all my heart, but if you must leave, can I open the door? Can I help you pack? But I'm not going to compromise for you. I'm not going to be your little Ahab. We must get to the point where God is everything, even if your spouse leaves you. I would rather my spouse leave me than my spouse and I burn in hell. Or my spouse and I have such a miserable, selfish life on earth. Yeah, we see God, maybe. But what a sad, sad life living for ourselves, True repentance always involves a hatred of sin and a change of desires. It involves a love of God and a forsaking of sin. Yes, the devil will still tempt us with our old selfish desires, but now our mind has been changed toward obeying God and hating sin. Our heart now has the Holy Spirit living within This results in a change of desires. We no longer desire to lie, cheat, steal, or commit adultery. I've been married to two women. once with the Lord, and one is sitting right in front of me now. And she has no fear because I totally love the Lord. I have no desire to cheat on her. I've never cheated, never will, because I'm determined to surrender my life Until I see Jesus. I have no desire to commit adultery. I have none. We no longer desire to hurt one another. I talked about, touched a little bit Saturday on love. John 3.16, even though my wife preached. Great message. But early in the mornings, the Lord really spoke to me on John 3.16 and the depths of it, the depths of it, the depths of it. And... When you are so full of God, it doesn't matter anymore what anybody does to you. They can lie about you. Whatever they want to do to you. It doesn't bother you. You just love them with the love of the Lord. You forgive them. Like Father, forgive them for they know not what they do when they were hanging them on the cross. You are so filled with that type of love that you're Yourself, your pride is totally dead. Love conquers all. When you have that type of love, you live in total freedom. You're not filled with anxiety disorders and all of this kind of stuff. Because you're just filled with love. And love is totally victorious. Love is totally powerful. God's love cannot be hurt. You can't hurt God. He can forgive you no matter what you do. And he does it instantly. How many times? 70 times 7. In other words, as long as you come back, say sorry, he'll give you another chance. And we should be that type of people. Yes, the devil will still tempt us with our old selfish desires, but now our mind has been changed toward obeying God and hating sin. Our heart now has the Holy Spirit living within. This results in a change of desires. We no longer desire to sin. We no longer desire to hurt each other. We no longer want our own way over God's. We truly want to please God we're truly repentant, we truly have been born again. The life of faith in Jesus Christ is not a once-and-forever decision. It's a daily decision. It's a daily decision whether you flow in the deep waters where you're constantly bubbling over with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God in you is constantly flowing. Most people don't walk that way. And then then they say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not sure what you're full of, but it's not the Holy Spirit. You might be full of pie or good soup. Are you truly filled with God every moment of the day? Full of God. God in you, the third person, flowing out of you. You have power, you have folly, you have boldness, you have anointing. You can cast out demons. Well, you should be in that situation. That is what you're supposed to be. That is what God intended you to be. And if you're not, go tarry till you are. Amen? We are tempted daily by the devil to disobey God, as was Jesus. We can live daily by faith and determined to follow God's will, not our own. The Bible warns when Christians in a nation fail to be the salt to preserve it, the country comes under the judgment of God to do the work that the church should have done. That is to get the attention of the lost toward the reality of Jesus Christ and prepare the believers to meet him. The church in Kenya has failed to do this. Most pastors and Christian businessmen have failed to do this. Instead of preaching an uncompromising truth of Jesus Christ, what it means to follow him, they have twisted the message for personal fulfillment. Now I'm talking about, again, that situation in Kenya that I went through and what I wrote and gave a copy to all the leaders. This is what you've done. You haven't accomplished anything. And this was clear back in 1996. And I can tell you Kenya is a lot worse right now. A false, as false leaders were proclaiming a false message of hope during Jeremiah's time, so are leaders proclaiming a false hope today. They are preaching a message out of the greed of their own hearts. The same, this same type of person will run and escape when things get too tough, whether they be a foreigner or a citizen of Kenya. Whether they be an American, a Canadian, a New Zealand, local-born citizen or resident, when persecution comes or threatens, they begin to make their plans for escape, as some have already done. Whatever country, the rich try to escape. I don't care. They've done it in Kenya. They've done it all over the world. And the poor people are are left there to face the fighting. The fighting dwells down, quells down, and... The rich people come back. Now they want to lead again. And they try. It is one thing if God tells you to go. It's another if we leave when God is wanting us to stay with a flock. Only a person preaching and living the truth of the word can hear and obey the Lord. If God is going to forgive our nation and stop the problems we are facing all around us, there must be true repentance. Pastor and priest must repent of their personal sins. Their churches and denominations are not their first priority. It must be Jesus Christ. Some people are so proud to say, I'm a Protestant, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Pentecostal. They should say instead, I'm a Christian. Many of our churches and denominations have mixed within them the teachings and philosophies of men and demons instead of the true teachings of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, church leaders and politicians, the only hope for this nation is Jesus Christ. We must repent of our hypocrisy and become true followers of Jesus Christ. We must submit our lives and our will, our actions, choices and desires over to the Lord. We must truly be born again, living not for ourselves, but the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords and the President of all Presidents, His Excellency, Jesus Christ. Again, that's only three pages of 12. Binding and loosing. Binding and loosing. If you don't have and get my articles, you need to send your request to warning at worldministries.org, warning at worldministries.org, warning at worldministries.org, or telephone 360-629-5248, 360 629 eight, and ask to receive my free bi-monthly newsletters, articles that would teach you, train you, equip you to be effective and strong representing Christ and protecting your nation as well as your family. Website www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Also pray with me as I need a luxury vehicle not for myself, but so I can use it for the gospel because of this restrictions coming down, trying to create a new world order. They won't allow a two-year-old to fly unless he has a mask on, and my two-year-old will not wear a mask, and neither do I want him to wear a mask. And so my wife is anointed. I, she was accompanying me, my baby, and her took about 20 trips before COVID hit. And uh, in fact, I had him on the first revival meeting series when he was five weeks old. So pray with me that I could get a luxury vehicle so they can start to travel with me again. God can also uh, use them in the meetings as as, uh, the meetings would have, uh, the people would be blessed with uh, my wife's anointing and ministry.
0: Shannon? Shannon? Powerful word tonight, folks, here with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Once again, Dr. Hansen, there may be some people tuning in for the first time. Um, how can they partner with you from around the world? Do you have PayPal
1: available? Yes, I do. Um, we do have a PayPal. Again, they could telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. Operators will be able to uh, help them there, or they can look at my website, www. WorldMinistries.org, www.worldministries.org. Once again, www.worldministries.org. If they want to send a a, a check, they can just uh, send it by mail. Address it to WMI, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's WMI, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Shannon.
0: Dr. Hansen, for the
1: archive tonight, what would you like to title this message? Binding and Loosing. Well, I'll tell you, this was a powerful word. Thank you for being a part of it tonight. We love and appreciate all of you at World Ministries, and we'll see you next time. Okay, God bless you, Shannon. Thank you, sir.